This is a special podcast produced by 101.5 UMFM in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which runs July 5th through 8th this year at Birds Hill Park. The Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier music festivals for 45 years. I'm John Prentice, host of Planet Mainstage, and this episode spotlights one of the artists from this year's festival, multi-award winning and Order of Canada recipient, Natalie McMaster. Natalie began her fiddling career at the age of 16 when she released her debut album, Four on the Floor. Her musical venture now spans over three decades. Natalie and her band wow audiences with stylistic diversity without losing the traditional Cape Breton groove. The excitement only increases when she incorporates step dancing into her performance. And now, after 10 years of marriage to fellow Canadian fiddle icon Donald Leahy, Natalie is expanding audience horizons by involving Donald and their children into the performances. Most captivating is an undeniable love for live performance. From the first note, audiences recognize the amazing talent being poured out before them. Natalie McMaster will be performing her main stage concert on Friday, July the 6th. For the full lineup for the Winnipeg Folk Festival and a complete list of main stage and daytime stages, to purchase tickets and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. modern Canadian folklore, there's probably no one who has brought traditional fiddling, born out of the maritime tradition to the forefront, than has Natalie McMaster. Long overdue to return, Natalie's coming back to the Winnipeg Folk Festival this year, and I'm happy to talk to her about that and other things now. Hi, Natalie. Hello there, John. So, uh, can you remember the first time you played the Winnipeg Folk Festival? Well, I do. Now... I played there a few times, um, so I should say I remember like the first years playing there. I can't necessarily distinguish between the first time and the second time. I remember being just absolutely like amazed with the amount of people and the interest, the interest and the enthusiasm for my fiddle music and in general just folk music and what what we were all hearing at the festival at the time. That was probably back in the in the 90s. I've always had it pegged on my list of top-notch festivals, even after, you know, 20 years later of 
playing festivals all around the world, really, lots of European ones and American ones. Um, it just ranks up there for me as my strongest. It, I have such a vivid memory of performing on that stage, the big main stage. Well, I was lucky in that first, in the early 90s, I think that was, when uh, you first played Winnipeg. I also got to see you in Vancouver at the Folk Festival there, and I said, uh, who is this delicate soul that just looks like a beautiful fairy perched on a on a, on a uh, toadstool? <laughs> and, I, right. and, uh, and But she has such strength and, and command of her instrument, and uh, even the last time in main stage, about 20 years ago, I guess, uh, your song would go on and on. You think it must be finished, and you would think she would be exhausted by now. And then you would dig down to another lower key in a power that goes on for another six minutes, and <laughs> <laughs> and dancing all the time. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those those were the good old uh, Cape Breton medleys of tunes where you'd string you know five, six, seven, eight tunes together in a row. Who who are who are you coming with this time um, to play main stage? I'll have my band. So. Uh-huh. Um, We'll have uh, Mac Morn on piano, Eric Breton on drums, uh, Elmer Ferrer on guitar, and uh, Remy Arsenault on the bass. Well, um, my sister uh, saw you, I guess it might have been in April in Calgary. At, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, she said you came out, you know, and started playing, and, and then you kind of were chatting to the audience, and you said... Um, you might be wondering what this little bump is here or something. And uh and then you told us that you were having another another child and uh she's yep. since then come into the world, right? Is it is that right? That's, she certainly has. And that was <laughs> March seventeenth to be exact. It was it's St. Patrick's Day uh event in Calgary and I was a month away from delivering. So it was more than a bump then. It was a good big fat belly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's so, here now, Maria. She's I'm holding her in my arms as we speak. She's sleeping. She's seven weeks old now. The most moving thing I think I saw in the last few days is I started searching around and been listening to a lot of music and and then uh, sort of right up there on YouTube is um, uh, several years versions uh, with different ages of an exciting thing that's happening with the children playing with you and Donald. Mm, and uh, yeah. it uh, I'll, I'll I'll cite one right now. I think it's probably probably from about maybe eight, seven years ago. And the only three that were there at that point were uh, the oldest three, I think. Yeah. Who are they? Uh, Mary Frances, Michael, and Claire. Claire is nine now. My seven-year-old was born in January. So, yeah, she might have been around then or not. Who knows? Yeah, and you see uh, them all. Well, first of all, you know, they're on the stage. That's the first big step. And then they each come forward one by one, and each... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Outstage is the other one with beautiful fiddle playing, and yeah. then uh, and you're this back there with Donald and this overwhelming yeah. look of pride on your face for the whole time. Yeah, I know. I and and I don't know if if your listeners know, but there's uh, Maria is our seventh. So back then, the, the ones you're talking about are, are just the first three. I didn't know there were four more coming after. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, yeah, some of the some of the places I saw it wasn't easy getting it sort of all going with children playing. And your oldest, yeah. her name again is Mary Francis. Mary Francis, and she didn't take to it right right at, at first, right? Is That's that... right. Yeah, but mind you, I tried her when she was three. I was a little a little bit over overly eager uh-huh. to get her going. Yeah, she just didn't didn't want didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now she's uh, twelve, and she. 
she was baking in the kitchen a few days ago, and she, which she loves to do. She's a real baker. And um, so anyway, she was baking, and she was coming up with this new type of dough. I don't know. Anyway, I said, Mary Frances, you never know. Maybe you'll be a baker someday. She said, well, Mom, I actually want to be a fiddler, but maybe I could bake on the side. <laughs> so times have changed, and now she just uh, she loves playing the fiddle. And uh, they dance, of course, as well. And uh, I just love uh, uh, the littlest one on that first video. And she like stomps her legs, looks very masculine, or sort of with the with the jigging when she's starting, you know, with her dress on. And yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but just so <laughs> confident, and they all have their own moves, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, that's great. So um, your latest album, Cape Breton Girl, and yeah. uh, all uh, a lot of songs dedicated to to um, people you know and other fiddlers as part of that as well? Yes. Um, ones that we've picked out that we like is uh, Stumpy, yeah. I think. Who's, what's that one? Can you tell us about that one? Sure. Um, well, so many of these tunes, first of all, are very traditional tunes. Um, yeah, this is just another traditional tune um, that I would have got off the playing of Buddy, my uncle. Okay. Buddy is, um, and it's a medley, followed by a medley. Um, but Buddy's the, um, Buddy McMaster, of course. Uh, he passed away four years ago now and um, just left such a awesome um, legacy for our Cape Breton Island. But also, too, for me personally, I listened to his music, um, believe it or not, through party tapes, cassette tapes, parties that were recorded and circulated around the island. Now, in this day and age, that would be considered a no-no, but back then, that's how... That's how the music spread. And uh, you just gave everybody a copy, and that's what you did. And or I should say that I didn't do it, because I was probably, you know, 10 or so, but, but the parents or the the um, adults that went to the parties would record it and, you know, give everybody a copy. So Buddy McMaster never recorded um, anything in an, a studio until he was 60 years old. Coincidentally, I did my first recording when I was 16, uh-huh. And that was and our those two recordings came out the same year. My first and his first. And he was sixty and I was sixteen. So all that music that I was influenced so strongly by, um, was Buddy's music. Anyway, this is one of his tunes here, Stumpy.
And uh, well, at the festival this year, you are there's three uh, three scheduled events. One is the main stage, of course, on Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, have you looked and seen where Chris has put you for the other two? I can tell you. If no, no, I talked to him actually about it. Yeah. And uh, on on Friday afternoon, I think at two-ish, yeah. we have a workshop. And then the next um, afternoon on Saturday, I think around noon, there's another workshop. Yeah. And the uh, one's Fiddler's Green, and that's with um, Fortunate Ones from Newfoundland. Beautiful duo. Yeah. And uh, I was looking for the fiddle part with them, but I think it's just maybe more of an overview of uh, taking it to the Maritimes with Fiddler's Green and that sort of thing. And uh, another group from Ireland who's here this year called We Banjo Three, who you may have, you may not have met yet. Is that true? Or oh, I, I've met them and played with yeah? them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I've been looking forward to that. Yeah. And then uh, and then a good old dance workshop. I think you might want to call it because <clears throat> the Lumberjills from Newfoundland. Yep. And um, and who else is in that one? Uh, I forget. It was me who was going to say the Lumberjills because oh. I remember them. John Decorum. Okay, John Decorum. Yeah. That's right. So uh, what do you you have fun at those workshops always, right? Oh gosh, yes. Workshops are a blast. I remember one year at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. For some reason, schedule would not allow me to play a workshop. It was just maybe six years ago or something. I was literally squeezing it in, you know, flying in. I was playing somewhere the night before and the next night, so I only had time to do the main stage. Oh, my gosh, I was so disappointed when I went home. I was thinking, wow, I only experienced half the festival because the other half is definitely the just unique life that comes about when you play with other musicians on a workshop stage. So I'm really looking forward to these. And you probably, I know, um, sometimes you go away from just traditional fiddle music, and maybe some of the people you've met at festivals, like the next person I'm going to mention, you end up uh, meeting them at festival and then playing with them. Um, this would be Kieran Alawalia. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've got that that tune uh, that's on her one of her albums called Jan Jara on Beyond yeah. Boundaries, and uh, taking a mix uh, of uh, of uh, Gazal from. Um, from India and uh, and fiddle music, yeah. That was all her doing, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, Kieran's lovely, and she's got a great musicality to her. That, that I think any musician from any genre of music, um, if they just have this kind of inner freedom with with their music and and honest sensibilities, I think they allow the music to flow and and change and grow and. And, yeah, she's just very open. She was very open, and she reminds me of me in many ways because uh, I've done all sorts of projects with instruments and musicianship that was not expected for a Celtic musician, in particular Cape Breton fiddler. So it's fun to change it up, and it works. It always works. i 
Well, the last thing I looked at was your TED Talks, and uh, that's the uh, one with you playing and uh, another one with Donald. So we'll have to turn our attention, I think, now to you and Donald. And uh, we know, all know the story of how you, you met uh, many years ago and uh, both musical backgrounds, right? That's a yeah. really interesting story. And uh, you actually have an album together, one album. Yep, that too, actually, a Christmas one and a regular right. one. Right. When I was listening to you talk or looking at some of the writing, I saw reviews and that sort of thing. You said at first you two didn't blend really well together because you have different styles. Is that is that fair to say or something? That's absolutely fair to say, <laughs> and that's the, that's the way it was. We did not sound good together, um, especially on tunes that we both knew. One would think, oh, we'll just play some old traditional stuff, some standards. But playing those standards together, are, it really... Um, accentuated how ingrained we were in our own style. So when you put those two styles together, it's just, they didn't melt. I covered up his beautiful, unique nuances, and, and he covered up mine. So um, we had to, literally, over the years, learn to play together. <laughs> and it has come around so nicely. I mean, most of our tours now are together, and we record together, and the music sounds good together. Another thing you do together um, is, I don't know how long this has been running, but maybe could you talk about the Greenbridge Celtic Folk Festival? Yeah, Greenbridge. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for mentioning that. We just started that last year. Um, as I talk about Winnipeg Folk Festival, I'm thinking of our own folk, our own festival that, that there's elements from Winnipeg and all sorts of other festivals over the years that we think of and include in, in our weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started this last year. Uh, the last That was the last weekend in August. Um, and we're doing it again this year for the second year. And it's called the Greenbridge Celtic Folk Fest. So it's mostly Celtic music, but there's an open room there for some other styles. We actually have coming in from, uh, from America this year, a guy that we met last year at a folk festival, funny enough. Um, his name is Jason D. Williams. He's a piano player, and he is so awesome. Uh, we were just like, we've got to have this guy come. 
and he does, for lack of a better word, Jerry Lee Lewis type stuff, but it is his delivery. He is the most energetic, spectacular performer on piano I have ever imagined. Will you try and sneak in there and maybe play along with him at some point, you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we've got We Banjo 3 coming. You mentioned them. And when yeah. You mentioned that. I thought, well, yeah, they're coming to our own festival. Yeah. And uh, some people from the East Coast and her sisters and a whole crew coming up from Cape Breton. We have, um, uh, it's on a friend's property, and he has a bridge on his property. On one side of the bridge, we've resurrected um, a replica of the Canto Causeway, which is the causeway that connects Nova Scotia to Cape Breton Island. And so when you go over that bridge and, and pass through the uh, Welcome to Cape Breton replica, um, on the other side, we have a whole bunch of Cape Breton players, musicians, and people from businesses coming up to Ontario to create kind of like a little miniature Cape Breton in my backyard, because that's just the way I want it. <laughs> and then uh, on the other side of the, the island, or the uh, bridge, we have more more um, Irish uh, culture, cultural music and uh, vendors. It's great. It's yeah, the Greenbridge right. Celtic Folk Festival. You can look it up. And it's, you have a, more than a month to recover from the Winnipeg Folk Festival if you decide to go. And it's not far from Toronto, right? This is in Keene. It's just outside of Peterborough, but it's about an hour and a half from the airport, from Toronto Airport. Well, we should uh, wrap it up here so I can fit in some music in the half hour we're going to dedicate to this, too. But at the same time, I want to tell you that uh, there's a lot of... Uh, Good fiddle energy going on. My wife would not want, want me not to say or to mention it, but basically a couple of Christmases ago, I bought her a fiddle, and she's been trying to fit in all different places, and she plays with the Irish club here in the slow session, so that's, uh, that's, she's learning her fiddle. And, uh, of course, you may have heard of some of our great fiddlers in Manitoba, like uh, Patty Kasturik, for example, maybe? Oh, yeah. And uh, so we, we've been taking that a step further here in Winnipeg by introducing contra dancing to go along and the fiddlers have to be very patient and very not have large egos because they have to play a lot of music whilst we dance sort of thing. So I've played for contra dances uh, before, <laughs> yes, and you're exactly right there. And it's nice to hear uh, that your wife is, is getting at the fiddle. That's just awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just point people in the way of the, the website for you, and they right. can find out about music and getting it there. And, the, uh, of course, the Folk Festival website, we'll mention that again, too. But uh, we are all so looking forward to seeing you here again. And That's really, uh, really great to hear. Thanks so much. It's so, so great to be invited back. Thanks for doing this, Natalie. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm John Prendis, host of Planet Mainstage on UMFM. 
and you've been listening to a special podcast featuring Natalie McMaster, 2018 Winnipeg Folk Festival artist, who will be performing her main stage concert Friday, July 6th at 8 p.m. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com Festival Express. And for more information and to get tickets for the festival, which runs July 5th through 8th at beautiful Birdsill Park, be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca.